What's happening, Troops? Welcome to the second episode of A Little House in the Prairies podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by Immigrant Muscle out of Toronto. How's it going, guys? Very well. How you doing, Great. Charles? Yeah, not too I'm bad, man. Not too bad. Uh, how's the weather out there? Starting to heat up a wee bit. Oh, it's delightful. Uh, this this one, uh, Alex went to play soccer today. Yeah, it was... I couldn't. I couldn't get out, unfortunately. But uh, it's it's starting to get there. Yeah, it's been great. Honestly, I think it's it's here to stay for once. Uh, usually around this time, we're like, you know, just still crying because it's hovering around zero degrees, and and it's you know, yeah, it's, it's a blessing, but also like, you know, a little scary. You're like, oh, are we heading towards doom right now? There's also like the doom. fall spring, you know, so it like yeah. comes, it like lingers oh, for a yeah. bit, and then it goes back to like minus ten, and you're like, oh, come on, you can't. I don't do that know, man. Us. I feel like it's it's gonna stay. No, 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 but it usually does that. for Not sure. Yeah, you've yeah. got like windy season, you've got like muddy season. I feel like spring, like leading up to spring, there's like four or five different seasons. Yeah, and then it's yeah. summer for four weeks, and then it's fall for two weeks, and then it's winter again. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, we are kind of still stuck in that uh, that winter-spring stage right now where you don't know what... Yeah, how is it in Regina? I mean, the snow's melting, but there's talk that we're getting more in the next few weeks, so fingers crossed that doesn't happen because it's an absolute nightmare when it comes back and I can't be dealing with snow any longer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real there as well. Like, you, they, don't, they don't mess around. The winters there are, like, long and cold and windy. It's... The no. prairies are no joke. Yeah, no, definitely not. There's there's nothing worse than minus fifty and freezing your balls off. It's the yeah. worst thing in the world. Um, so I just wanted to speak to you guys a wee bit. We'll just open with can I how you guys get involved in dance music, how you get involved uh, with each other, how you met and things like that. Um, just can I because I know you guys, you. I had a look at your uh, resident advisor bio and things like that, and reading that is a madness. Like, <laughs> I was killing myself laughing when I was reading it. What is that all about? Uh, what do you, want, you want me to tell you what the bio is about? A little bit of everything. So when we wrote the bio, we had our friend write it for us, who's, who's you know, kind of teetering on insanity. Um uh, but we had him write. We had him write it for us, um, and I think the idea behind our bio was that a lot of other people's bios are just like very serious, and uh, you know, it's like stating your accomplishments, who you've collaborated with, and there's just like this. I don't know. I personally, I hate talking about myself in the third person and like talking about my qualities, you know. And so I always just look to make some sort of joke about it because i feel like we don't take ourselves that seriously yeah you know i think we like that we like to laugh a lot we like to make jokes and and uh you know uh we we have a very absurd crew that we hang out with right on the regular and yep. and they bring the absurdity out in us and um i think yeah that's where kind of that that um that bio stems from for yeah sure. but he's a he's a quite right and it, it reflects it reflects it and the kind of music he's play everything's really fun and kind of creative and everything else so like I, i've listened to a lot of your stuff and i was really impressed by it like these don't seem to want to fit to one kind of form and we're just going to be this or be that the same way as a lot mm. of people do it's more like Hey, we're just having fun with it. We're we're kind of going to see where things go, and we're going to take it for there. So, I mean, it fits you as well. But yeah, when I first read it, I was killing myself laughing. I had tears in my eyes reading it. I was like, "This is brilliant." Yeah, it was it was something that was super funny because 
he came up with the nickname Moon Mist, uh, like on his own. Um, well, how how'd you get that idea? Was it from the? Well, we went to Detroit. Oh, and, and there was, and was fagel. the flavor, the fagel yeah, flavor, yeah, and I was flavor. like, "This is this is a pretty sick thing." This is a pretty and sick name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like bootleg Mountain Dew, but it, it you know, and it probably kills you in like thirty years. But um, yeah, it's it's just like Amer- American uh, <laughs> uh, soda or pop, as they call it there, or like soda, as they call it in like in uh in canada i guess yeah and uh and yeah and uh me i just have a a fucking uh insatiable love for club soda so much so that one time at a party i drank 14 cans and i was just just loving it it it, it is deeper than that right it's like when we throw a party he's like okay we need 15 cases of club soda and it's like we end up always having like 10 cases extra i'm like okay we're always thinking like, okay, either he's just like, how does he keep fucking up all the time and ordering more club soda? Then I'm like, ah, he's doing it so he can take it home. So I can take it home after. Right. Just writing it off as an expense (laughs) and getting, getting, getting a fucking uh, six months worth of club soda. Well, no, for you, that's like like two weeks, two weeks. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the whole joke about it is that uh, I'm not, I'm not quick to jump on uh, any of the other things that are left over when the party is done. But definitely the club soda is coming home with me. Club soda is the one. Yeah. yeah. Club soda is the one. So yeah, that's uh that's the story of that bio. Um when it comes to like how we got started, I mean, like, I don't know, obviously we were listening to electronic music. I mean, I started listening to electronic music probably in like high school, something like that. Same, yeah. Um, it was probably right around when uh like Dead Mouse was breaking out here in Canada before he kind of like really made it to the big times, but he he was kind of uh, pioneering a very interesting type of sound at the beginning, something that was a little bit different, especially when like you had like a lot of minimal stuff that was kind of the that was like in vogue at that point in time. Um, and yeah, kind of went from there. I got I feel like I don't know for me, I just got really curious about how like how people are looking for music, how they're presenting music. Um, and so obviously, like that curiosity eventually like made its way into DJing um, for yourself. I'm. I mean, about the same in like high school. I mean, two two notable um, albums that I can name off right now are like State of Trance, Armin van Buren. Armin van Buren. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, in Search of Sunrise. In Search of Sunrise. TXO. Six. Six. Yeah, five, like all, all of them. Yeah. You know? all, all and, of them, and then before that, I mean, before that, it was, you know, uh, a, like a buddy from middle school or something. One of his cousins was super into euro what they what they called euro here um which is not what we probably call euro now um and it was just on the radio and they like you know they're they had like club nights and stuff and for me it was like i don't know it was just like something new um because i was predominantly listening to hip-hop back then um so yeah it was new it was interesting um it was, it was also a bit of an alternative scene like really yeah. like because when you think about it most people like when we we're growing up they were either listening yeah. to like hip-hop or rock like it was it was kind of fringe especially at the beginning for you to be listening to like electronics like making now it's like for sure very, for sure it's very much like taking over the globe etc and it's become very popularized and all of that but like at the beginning it was kind of a very a very weird thing here in north america it was something that was like oh people in europe are doing that but That's they're not it, doing yeah. it here it's it's like nutella you know what i mean yeah like at first people don't really get it here they're like yeah. what it's made of hazelnuts but everyone in europe loves it i don't know 
Um, that's kind of still the way it is here in Regina. Like, like you were saying, it seems to have blown up everywhere else, and it's a big thing. But again, here most people are still listening to uh, either rock or country or hip hop, and if they do listen to any sort of electronic music, it's EDM. So like, mm. there's two sides of the scale. There's a whole area that's been missed here, and it's I don't understand why because to me some of the best music lies in that gray area that's right in between like right in between when you've got a lot of your kind of house stuff trans stuff uh like techno things like that and it just doesn't seem to have caught on here yet so hopefully with us doing this series a wee bit it'll start to pick up and we can bring some sort of scene and a little bit of culture here in regina and get some shows going and things like that yeah absolutely and i i feel like especially when it comes to taking people who are like from a a very different type of background if you can kind of draw the map for them and show them like how like there's there's that kind of like evolution what are the 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 grandfathers of like house music and techno you know like where are these sounds like where are these concepts originating from yeah. how do they tie in don't forget like in in a lot of the um in a lot of the clubs and the places that we institutionalize like places in ibiza places in new york they were playing like what can be the equivalent of like rock and roll and people were dancing to it. They would play Rolling Stones records, you know? So it's, it's really, while the worlds seem very, very far apart, they're really a lot closer together. So I feel like once people kind of like can wrap their heads around that, it like doesn't make it seem so kind of like foreign and alien. Right. Yeah. And you're even seeing it now. Like, there was all there was almost a big gap there where there was when like electronic music really kind of broke out in the main in the mainstream to a certain degree where there was there was two sides it was either like your your really heavily like rock and roll or whatever it was going to be and then electronic music was a whole separate thing but even now recently i was watching uh a few weeks ago uh scream played a set and he's playing like the arctic monkeys and things like that in there and people are sitting there going how does this work but it's just it does it works because it's, it does, it's not that yeah. far off and listen half half the battle is getting people dancing right that's the whole goal is to get people on the dance floor enjoying the music and moving their feet and if you can do that you're winning yeah, absolutely. And you look at like you essentially whenever you're trying to DJ, you're trying to like tell a story, right? Like unless there's a certain type of an environment that like dictates that you should be playing a certain type of sound. Otherwise, like you have to like read the crowd and see like what they're going to react to. Somebody who's really good with something like that is and plays like has like a vastly eclectic style. Somebody like Moody Man, you know, like he'll play the Beatles in his set. He He's done all kinds of crazy yeah. things, you know, and it's it's literally you think like what is this guy like rewriting the rules you know you, like, you don't think that like this is possible or this is the way that things should be done but he's doing it right so why why shouldn't anybody else yeah why not i mean it, it's not just down to all these big artists to do this and i mean i feel like you guys like i was saying at the beginning you guys take that upon yourselves to a certain degree where you don't feel confirmed and you just play whatever it is you feel in the moment and and you get creative with it and that's the beauty of the sets that you guys play is you use like to to do this sort of creative stuff and you like to bring out the the different aspects that people maybe didn't think of and that's kind of what sets you apart from a lot of other people that i've listened to uh, in the last few years and essentially over the time that i've been uh, interested in electronic music um and i just wanted to speak to you as well a little bit here uh out in Toronto, that seems to be the case where you're seeing a lot more 
people starting to break into the mainstream and things and they are very creative people and i don't know uh even you guys will probably know more being involved in the scene but if that comes down to like the different cultures that are within the city because it seems to be whenever i go out there that there's so many different people coming from different areas of the world that it is one big uh mixing pot where everybody's bringing something to the table and the creativity kind of uh, like flows over and mixes together to a certain degree. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like any, any metropolitan city, I mean, Toronto is, is one of the most multicultural places uh, in the world. Right. Um, and, you know, look at, I mean, you look at New York, right. It's another good example of, of all the different cultures that are present and, uh, and how those cultures, you know, when they start to mix, they come, they have different, they have new products, um, you know, different, different sounds emerge, different types of uh, scenes emerge. Um, so you get all these uh, like micro communities starting to come out. Um, so, I mean, yeah, uh, I think that's definitely a, um, uh part of you know what what a metropolitan city um you know can bring uh and, and you know i mean yeah i mean <laughs> toronto is just a very uh uh very happening place in that regard yeah in canada especially i mean you guys seem to be taking off more than anything you're seeing a lot of people coming out of there like most recently uh demure who's been on some big labels in recent times is putting out some good stuff and i mean yeah, we I saw even the Grammys the other week as well. There was uh, Kate Renata and... Uh, yeah, Kate Renata won a Grammy. That was huge. Uh, Jada mm -hmm. G was also nominated, and I know she's yeah. from BC, but yeah. again, Canadian, and it seems to really be taken off for a lot of Canadian artists. Mm -hmm. And with that, uh, there seems to be more more shows, more... Bad, bad Not Good also won a, yeah. a Grammy as well. Yes. So and, uh, and those know. guys are, are Toronto cats. And, and you uh, don't, don't just have you know, electronic music artists emerging, you have yeah, hip hop artists, you have, um, you know, country artists, I don't know any, but yeah, there's <laughs> honestly like, I, I don't know, I just feel like there's so many, like, really, really, really special, talented artists, yeah. like all across the country, especially in Toronto, I'm, I'm kind of like, I feel like we're obviously following a little bit more what's going on in Toronto, maybe Montreal, even in Vancouver a little bit. But I don't think that's to say that we shouldn't be, you know, paying closer attention to places like, I don't know, Edmonton, Calgary, Regina. You know, it's it's becoming easier and easier for anybody to kind of just like mess around with the production program and, you know, try to uh, try to uh, like express themselves creatively like that. So who knows? Who knows what uh, what the future is going to hold, especially if you have uh, people, for instance, like the way that we were influenced by listening to. A state of trance or like dead mouse compared to like yeah. listening to Catronada yeah as that kind of like a uh, gateway into mm -hmm. into this into, type yeah. of uh into this type of a scene right so it's it's very interesting to see like where this will all go to yeah and again with that is is them putting a spotlight on on the scene that's developing there as well and you're seeing a lot of more mainstream uh I guess like bigger name acts coming over from Europe, coming up from the States, things like that. And you guys seem to get, uh, you guys seem to get the, the best of the bunch out there. And the, a lot of the time they're doing like Toronto and Montreal, and then they kind of skip over the prairies and maybe do Vancouver or so. 
And I know you guys had uh, that you guys had the the opportunity to play for Boiler Room. What was that like? How did that come about? Oh, <laughs> well, the 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 Boiler Room that that kind of came about. Uh, it came about a, a few. I want to say like maybe a year and a bit before that when we yeah. played that that Halloween party yeah. with Antal. Antal. Yeah. Yeah. So we we were playing that party. That was like an audition for us, basically unplanned audition where our friend one of our friends finally uh put enough faith in us to uh give us a an opening spot a slot for for a big name like Antal right on a big night for on you know on Halloween and uh we ended up yeah we ended up crushing that that's probably the bad one of the if if not the best set we ever played together yeah yeah it um, was it definitely felt like it and, and um, yeah, yeah the right people were listening and they 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 took a liking to us and a few months later, we were opening for Kerry Chandler in the same place, yeah. the same space, rather not. Yeah, which was a disaster. I mean, it wasn't. It, it was logistically a disaster. logistically it was a disaster. But like, but, and and it was still like an incredible experience. Like yeah. meeting meeting someone like Kerry Chandler and talking to them was uh, was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that kind of just like we went from there. Um, they booked us a few more times as well, and then the the boiler room came around. They asked us to play. We were obviously over the moon about it. We, it was honestly the weirdest thing. We didn't it even was, know. Like, it was surreal. It was surreal. Definitely. Um, for sure. Uh, we, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, we're going to tell you a story um, uh, <laughs> that, that kind of puts in perspective, like kind of how surreal it is. It really is. So um, the other, other, one of the other people that was on that bill, uh, Emissive, is our one of our good friends yeah he, um, his name is evan and uh he he goes by missive but he also is a part of uh active, active surplus. surplus and uh he just released a solo and a uh an e a solo ep and an ep as active surplus on pacific rhythm so big ups to him and so he was also on the boiler room bill uh with us yeah but uh it's funny how we met him so the way we met him was uh, well, we, we were, <laughs> we were going to Detroit for the first time, uh, for movement and floor plan was playing in the basement at the time. Um, and so we were, we were, we obviously went and we're, we were really looking forward to his set. Um, and so the other thing with that was our friend that came with us, the same guy that wrote our bio, um, when we picked him up, he told, he basically showed us that he packed four Bibles. One for, for each of us. One for each of us for floor plan. So that we could have it in our hand and throw it up as he's yeah. playing. Because <laughs> floor plan was doing the gospel thing, right? And we're like, we're going to church, so we need Bibles. We need Bibles. And, and then later we find out that this guy didn't even pack a single pair of underwear. He yeah, wasn't we, even wearing underwear. So he packed four Bibles and no underwear for the whole trip. He wore shorts, one pair of shorts the whole time. And anyways, we're going to floor plan and we got these Bibles and we're all throwing them on the hair. And like one of our friends is shirtless and Evan, he like looks over and he, and he was with his partner at the time. And, and he's like, I bet those guys are from Toronto and she's like, no, they're not. And he goes in and he comes up to us and he's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Are you guys from Toronto? <laughs> We're like, yeah. 
and that's how we became friends. And so that all came full circle. We, we both got booked to play floor plan boiler room. And we realized that like probably the night of boiler room, we're like, Holy shit, man. That's like the night we met. And now we're both in here on this like grand stage. I think you realized that that night I was, I was like fucking trembling. Yeah, I had to employ like all kinds. I'm not like it wasn't that bad, but I mean, like it was definitely probably the, one of the more nervous I've ever I've ever been for sure. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely because yeah. that it, shit's forever, man. Right. That's going to be on, it's, the, it's on the Internet. Yeah, exactly. It's, like this. it's <laughs> going to be there forever. Right. The stakes are high. Right. Yeah, the stakes uh, are high. And hey. it was um, yeah, it was it was one of those things like it was almost uh, it was almost too much that you weren't able to enjoy it. But then as soon as like. You figured you figured out like what you were doing. You're just like, oh, okay, great. This is just like all the other times, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah crazy thing to be playing and like almost where the moment gets the better of you until we're up there and you start getting the feel for it and you're like, oh, I've done this before. Like we know where right. we are. This is nothing new. But it's yeah. just like uh, it's just like a footballer finding their feet. You know, you're just gonna yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. You- Play, play with a new team and you're maybe unsure until you got a few touches in and then there you exactly. go. You're, yeah, next, like, thing oh, you're, this is... next thing you're pinging 30-yard passes and no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rabona into the fucking left, left corner. corner. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, that one didn't last very long though, did it? No. Thank, thank God we're both Arsenal fans. So we're, <laughs> we're very happy to see that go the other way. <laughs> Yeah, and then obviously, I mean, playing on that big stage was a massive achievement for you, and, and that kind of led on to some other things. I mean, I, uh, my timeline's maybe a little bit off, but then I believe you guys ended up opening, or you played on the same set list as Dennis Salter as well. I just wanted to touch on that with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a little bit before. I think that was in April. That was in the April that was before that. Are you sure? Yeah, it was... Oh, uh, Sandra's birthday, right? Right, that was in May. Then it was, it was in May. May. It was late April, early May. It was yeah. Before, no, it wasn't, dude. It, it was. Oh, you're right. It was. It was. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that I mean, was like shortly that's one, after. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, was, we're just we're just working out the time. It was shortly sorry, after, like Antal, right, and and Carrie Chandler. That's right. Yeah. And then yeah, we did also yeah a couple other parties in that time frame. Yeah, no, um, that one's crazy for me because, I mean, uh, I was always. I was always kind of into electronic music and again stemming from like Dead Mouse and things when he blew up and to a certain degree when I was younger, like like Skrillex and things like that, when they kind of like all of that, Calvin Harris is a massive one for me as well. He seems to have always been about obviously from Scotland. He was one you always heard on the radio. But my first proper night out in a proper club that played dance music was Dennis Salter was playing in Sub Club in Glasgow. And that was like, Whoa. it was game over. After that was game over. Yeah. That guy is so good at what he does. And he always plays the song that you don't expect, that you didn't know that you needed, but until he plays it, you're like, that's the one. And yeah. he just seems, since then, he just seems to have taken off and blown up. And like, yeah. everywhere he goes, people just follow him religiously. And it, yeah. And credit to him, credit to him, because he was going through a bit of a rough patch as well, right? He was yeah. struggling. I can't remember exactly what was it like mental or maybe it was just like the toll that that the that job of DJing was taking on his on his um on his mental health. Mental health, yeah. yeah. 
So. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was uh, half the problem for him as well, right? Because like he's just a normal guy from Glasgow that just loves making music, and he, he was absolutely killing it. And then uh, he started blowing up, and he didn't really know how to deal with it. He just wanted to keep playing with his mates and having fun, and he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's one of those guys where he just he's all about having fun and. Uh, I think it was just something that was maybe hard for him to get used to, but he seems to have taken a little bit of time off and found his feet and, uh, yeah, kind of picking and choosing the, the things that he's working on now and he seems to be enjoying it again. So that that's that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that, like having some, some kind of an experience that like kind of shifts your perspective mm. is super, super important. I feel like the whole world has had one of those with this pandemic mm. right now and... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously things are going to be a little bit different afterwards. We can't really help that, but um, I uh, I hope we take our don't take ourselves too seriously in the future. Never. We'll take something seriously, just not ourselves. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. That's the way to go about it. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, like when you started, when you started DJing, when you started getting involved in music, it wasn't like this is going to be my job. It's like I just want to have fun with it and I just want to enjoy this and and having that be your job it would be a luxury and obviously uh, be an ultimate privilege if anything yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, but at the end of the day you still got to, you still got to enjoy it there's no point in doing something it's like any job right if you don't like your job what is the point in doing it you're just wasting time and draining yourself yeah that that was the the funny joke i don't know if you saw there were some memes that that uh, that surfaced at the beginning of the pandemic. It kind of uh, aligned all the DJs throughout the world. You know, like it doesn't matter if you're playing festivals, doesn't matter if you're Carl Cox. We're all bedroom DJs right now. You know what I mean? We're all playing in our yeah. in our bedrooms or in our houses. And that's it. You're not you're not playing at a club. You got no gigs. You got nothing. You know. But that's that's like where it starts for everybody, right? So. Yeah, and it's 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 quite a crazy thing as well that you're seeing all of these these DJs playing in in their homes and their and I don't know if you saw at the start of the pandemic. I mean, it's not always been smooth sailing. I don't know if you saw at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, Nina Kravitz, oh, yeah. Nina Kravitz played a she was trying to play like a live stream. I think it was for Beatport or something like that, and she had to uh, shut it down after twenty minutes because her neighbors kept coming down and like knocking on her door and screaming at her. Ah, ah, like, ah, ah, oh. music off. It is so funny. Like two or three times in the set, you can see her because I don't know obviously where she had her, like she where she had her uh, equipment set up and things like that. You could see her running over and opening the door and being like, "Yeah, we we'll turn it off, we we'll turn it off," and then just cranking it. Back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you know what that uh, that's a testament to. It's a testament to the fact that her fee is so high that she can live in the posh neighborhood where people get really upset by she, by her doing that. So that's a testament to that for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's something that's really well. What I found, I was also speaking about this as well last week on the podcast. It's brought everyone, it's brought everyone in the electronic music scene uh, more into the light in a in a sense too by playing at home because you're not seeing like people who are in rock bands or country singers or things like that. You're not seeing as many of these people doing live streams and still getting themselves out there, getting their product out here. It seems to be a lot of uh, DJs, producers, different artists. Um, who are putting on these live streams and doing well to a certain degree so yeah it's definitely opened up a, a new market i would say there's a lot of people that are 
um, you know, starting things up, a, a friend of ours as well, uh, you know, doing streaming, streaming weekly shows through Twitch, you know, getting, racking up the subscribers and, and making, and making some coin from that. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely it's giving, it's giving people also, you know, their vo a voice, you know, to, to show what they've got, um, some of it's good, some of it's not so good, but you know, it's, it's kind of like what music is these days. You know, a lot of people are producing stuff, putting it out there and, and it's just, uh, you know, it's, there's a, there's a high volume of stuff that's, that's regurgitated that you got to scroll through. And then, you know, eventually you get to some sort of gem. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, interesting to see, um, that happen now. And, you know, there's a, I'm wondering what's, what's the future going to be like, you know, are people gonna, you know, when things kind of get back to back to normal, is this still going to be a thing? Are people still going to be live streaming, um, you know, on a daily or weekly basis, or are they going to be getting out there and going to dance parties and, and trying to get gigs? Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it translates as well, right? Because like yeah. these guys who are doing well and they're DJing at home and they're doing live streams and stuff. I mean, that's one thing, but it's a whole different ballgame when you're playing in a club or a venue and there's lots of people there watching you and mm -hmm. the pressure's on and you've got to perform. That's a whole other thing. And I mean, probably some people will probably rise to the occasion and enjoy that and that would be nothing for them and good on them because it's maybe someone that ha that wouldn't have been discovered if uh, it wasn't for this whole thing but at the same time there's going to be a lot of people who are found out who maybe uh who are maybe kind of hiding behind the the lens in a sense where they can afford to do or like they don't have the pressure and they can afford to make little mistakes and use little silly tools and things like that to get away with a few things that you just can't live, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course, you know, there's a whole aspect of getting to your gig and, you know, something goes wrong, right? There's like faulty equipment or, or you forget something that you really need, right? And you're not at home. So you can't, you know, you can't just make it appear um, or go get it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's definitely, and yeah, I mean, tons of things go wrong at gigs, tons of unanticipated things, you know, and then maybe the, the speakers aren't set up properly and you're not, you're not hearing, um, you're not hearing, you're not being able to cue the track that's coming in properly because you can't hear properly. And then, um, yeah, you know, you got, you might have to adapt in that situation, you know, start like queuing in your headphones and that's so, that's definitely something that's like yeah you figure out when you're playing in different places exactly, like the, the yeah. comfort of like where you play in your house this and like well, the way yeah. like the acoustics are and the way everything sounds it's like you you kind of uh like you build like a comfort of like doing that repeatedly over and over again but sometimes you go to a club and like there's like there's like feedback or uh, I don't know the way that the sounds bouncing off the walls. Yeah, it's you're like, not, you're not getting a clean sound coming back to your ear or it's just maybe something that mix. you're not used to, you know? So that's yeah. something that's like, you have to, uh, you have to kind of feel that out. And that's, that, that takes getting used to, you know, and mm -hmm. for, for us, like the majority of the events that we're doing in DIY settings, it's like, those are like, it's not like even like you're in a club and you have like a, 
uh, a sound guy or a tech or something all the time to help you out. It's like, yeah. you really got to figure those things out on your own. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely something that, uh, that's going to be going to be fun to deal with when we get back to it. You know, it's uh it's, it's part of the agony before the ecstasy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's something that again is really impressive with you guys seeing even from your boiler room set and stuff. And I mean, I've, I've followed you guys on Instagram and things for a little while now, and I know you play a lot of vinyl and that's again, another added thing where a lot of people are jumping on the CDJs and hitting sync buttons and all this other stuff and everything's done for them. Whereas you guys tend to do it the, the right way, the old school way. And, um, and that's again, something else that you've got to deal with, right? With equipment and things going wrong and everything else. It's it's yeah. a whole other art and a whole other skill that only the people that are purists really appreciate and really understand what, like what it takes to do that. Cause a lot of these people, big name DJs playing big stages and things they're playing on these, uh, these media players and, uh, they're, they're doing all these crazy tricks and this and that, but it's a hard enough thing to just be able to play vinyl and keep both of those records and like playing at the same time, mixing between the two. That's, that's a job in itself. Never mind doing all these crazy tricks. That is, that's just extra on top when everything's done for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, the CDJ CDJs are, are pretty cool. Um, they're they're like instruments in themselves right you can like you said you know there's lots of tricks you can do with them and a lot of people are very very skilled at at um like using them in a way to make their sets more random more creative um and and i find i find that aspect of of using cdj is very cool so um no discredit to them um but of course i feel like you know as as a dj you know as anybody that's aspiring to be a dj that it's super important to to learn how to mix vinyl right and you know it's it's even if you don't plan on using vinyl in the future you know it's it's just like it's something that will teach you how to um you know, for lack of better words, become like get closer to the music, yeah. you know, and, 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 and learn how to beat match properly and, and develop a feel for, for how, you know, how you can manipulate the music in that sense. Yeah. And um, also like at, at the end of the day, no matter what style you come from, no matter what type of music you play from, like, or you're, you're playing rather, um, it all boils down to what you're playing. Right. And mm -hmm, like yeah. an important part of, the reason why we were so drawn to playing vinyl was the fact that you have like a far bigger uh kind of like pool of music to draw from like and we we became super enamored with like going to record shops going and digging finding all kinds of different music stuff that like let is me, not available digitally let me stop you for a second let's not forget that buying a set of decks is like half the price and I, by decks i mean techs techs yeah turntables it's 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 like a fourth of it's the a price fourth of the like price yeah third, yeah for sure and versus cdjs right which are like extortionate um, yeah it's a crazy amount of and money. um you know it's just like oh here let me i'm gonna get these turntables for a quarter of the price right and then when i you know i'm gonna buy vinyl but i can buy that as we go right it's yeah. not like a lump sum you have to pay right away so that you can start doing stuff right yeah so um yeah, I mean that was kind of an easy 
an easy decision to make right yeah to get started right because you're like oh here i'm gonna do this it's gonna be super hard but yeah you know, i'm gonna learn it the right way probably and <clears throat> and you know like after after you start with that like you build like a library you go and you find all these records and that's like a hallmark to you as a dj and like that's something that's like unique to you right so like people can be all 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 DJs can download the same playlists and top tens and the top one hundreds from from B port and stuff like that. But that's not gonna set you aside from anybody else. And like and if you look back, like in the day, I've heard all kinds of folklore and you have too from some of the the older cats here in Toronto telling stories about how DJs if they heard a record that they liked at the record shop they would buy all the copies that were there to make sure that nobody else could play it if they played it they would either take a marker and and uh, and uh, mark out the the label in the middle or they would just rip the label right off so you wouldn't even know what that song was and you know how you knew you would hear that song again if you went and you saw that dj again yeah so yeah. it's it's kind of like an ode to that as well so i mean you can't like it's not like we're gonna you know abandon iPhones and go back to rotary phones, you know, and just like yeah. abandon all these like developments in technology, but it's important to hold on to some of the things, you know? Yeah, yeah but- definitely. And I mean, th- that is a lot of the thing that you're seeing right now as well is a lot of DJs who I guess are getting into it, who are coming up, they just want to skip over that part and they just want to download the the top hundred on Beatport and play the same songs as everyone else, the same songs that we're hearing everywhere, hearing on the radio, this and that. But is they're missing out on the fun as well because i mean myself obviously from a a monetary standpoint when i first started kind of learning how to dj and again i'm i'm not very good by any means i'm still learning uh as i go right now but like the easiest thing was a controller so to a certain degree was that but even still like i've made sure that i'm i'm buying vinyl and i'm starting to invest in a setup where i can play vinyl and i really want to learn how to play on that because i think it is a fundamental thing where the basics are what what are driving these technological advances so to be able to do that at, at the core and strip everything back that is more valuable than learning how to do anything on uh, digital here and what i've found as well is like actually going to the stores digging through the vinyls listening to the records that's the most fun part of oh man DJ. oh man yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it, there's a there's a physicality to it right yeah. it's like there's a physicality when you play with them. There's a physicality when you're digging for records, you know, when you buy that record, you're holding it in your hand, you know, that's, yeah. that's like, you know, you don't, you don't get to really do that with digital music. There's, or think of, think about artwork. Like how many times have you ever, yeah. you know, you ever had the, uh, the artwork or something that just like kind of jumps at you and you don't even know why you're drawn to it. You don't even know what it could sound like. And frankly, the two things could, don't even have to be related. Sometimes you pick up a record that has a cool label and it sounds like absolute trash, right? But it's something that's like, there's still these like small nuances that are drawing you, right? And you don't get that with like scrolling through. I mean, I don't really think so. Scrolling through Beatport. I don't know. No. And then there's also like, you know, another example is like hardware, hardware production equipment versus doing everything in the box, you know? Yeah. Digitally. I mean, you know, again, it's, you know, you're, you're borderline getting the same quality. Um, a lot of people argue, obviously, that analog is, there's, is, is deeper. It has more depth than, than digital. But, um, you know, uh, the digital these days is, is extremely high quality as well. So, um, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I think like having hardware versus software is something, you know, it's, it's, it's the same type of yeah. um, relationship or comparison. I mean, the software does make everything available, right? Because it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it allows people who maybe don't have the funds to invest in some of the more high-end hardware to still get at it and develop develop their skills and kind of learn the tricks of the trade and everything else. But at a yeah. certain degree, it's like nothing beats the old school and having to, being able to put your hands on something and actually feel it out and, yeah. and play on it, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the way, sorry to interrupt you, the way that I started, DJing actually was through Tractor, right? My friend went to like Mykonos one summer and came back with a bunch of mixed CDs by like Carl Cox and like Hernan Cataneo and and I don't even know who else, Sasha Dickweed, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. the big the big like UK DJs and and he went to Mykonos and they were having like crazy parties there and he's like, yo, I heard I heard about this program called Tractor. He's like, yeah, it allows you to DJ on your laptop and I'm like. Well, that's that's amazing because I would love to learn how to do that. And, and, and I have a laptop. <laughs> and I have, and I, and I, I have a laptop, right? And so I just pirated it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not actually gonna buy this. I don't have money for that, but I'll pirate it, you know. But before that, I had some like, oh my god, I had some like bootleg DJ program that came with like a controller, but it only had like in sounds installed into it that you could use, and they were really bad. Like you could not load up your own sounds or anything and it was it was stupid i don't know i think my mom bought it for me that was like probably like 15 16 holy shit not a bad present though yeah like the the, the intent was yeah, great uh, yeah oh wow i should remind her about that hey, look like, where it's look where it's got you now it got yeah she's when, like yeah you screwing around with your music all the time you it's all your fault it. didn't you yeah. know when you started this <laughs> i should i should remind her yeah but yeah i know that like even even like we were saying, when the, the things like that came out, I mean, it's a cool thing to have. It gives a lot of people opportunity. But then when you do eventually start developing the skills and you start getting really good, there is there is a need for more. I mean, it becomes it, it becomes repetitive to a certain degree, right? Whereas you, you become limited. Like there's only so much you can do before you start moving on to like these old school things like uh, your old school synths and things like that. And and that's one thing that really amazes me as well is like you're seeing a lot of people now coming out and playing live sets and things like that like uh, one of, one of my favorite people to watch right now is fiac those those guys are just ridiculous and how they are able to remember what the hell they're doing when they're that high i will never know <laughs> I to the bone and they still are in full control and it's like so much hardware yeah, yeah it's great yeah. they, like, they were actually supposed to come to toronto um i want to say like sometime last summer i think they were supposed to play a boiler room here uh if i'm not mistaken oh I, yeah yeah i think that was the in the rumor mill but you know there's just lots of speculation you know, on that front <laughs> worse hopefully. than football worse than football yeah <laughs> Hopefully that gets rescheduled and they get back out here because uh, that will oh, definitely be here, yeah. And another thing I wanted to speak to you guys about, just cover, was kind of uh, again we're talking about the dance music scene in Canada, the electronic scene in Canada. Obviously in Toronto it's a little bit different to out here. Um, 
I know you guys you guys throw your own parties and you've had your own kind of party series. Uh how did you find throwing that here? Like I know you see a lot of places like you were saying, Mykonos, Ibiza, New York, things like that. Um uh you're seeing a lot of government funding, you're seeing people uh Mm-hmm. being allowed to do like allowed the freedom to do as they want to do but in, in canada it seems like uh, even since the early 2000s when things started getting cleaned up it's it's just kind of been a dampener being put on it to a certain degree where it's like you guys are just uh like i don't know the, the government just don't seem to i don't know if it's the government but the government just don't seem to agree with it and people seem to try and restrict it to a certain degree for sure. I mean, in the, in the nineties, you saw the rave scene kind of crash. Well, not kind of, it did crash. Um, the rave scene was massive in Toronto back then. Um, and you know, a couple overdoses happened and it all just came, you know, the government just tightened up restrictions, you know, made them illegal. And, uh, and, and yeah, the scene kind of, uh, lost momentum once that happened. Uh, and you know, since then it's, it's it's just been this like eternal struggle of of uh just like stag stagnant growth right it's the growth of the scene has stagnated and um i don't know why that is exactly um you know we we have our party series and uh that was that kind of came to life um because we saw we just we just wanted to you know have create some sort of fun event for for people to come to actually we we our our main goal in throwing our party series is just to spread the spread the gospel right and to to get more people interested in dance music here right so it's it's very similar to what you're trying to accomplish in Regina um and i think you know, in the last two years that we've done a pretty decent job in, in, in getting more people into, into this music and into the culture. Um, and, you know, because the potential is here, right? We know there's a lot of people living in the city, right? There's a lot of people that aren't in the know. Uh, and it just takes, you know, like one invite or, you know, my friend's going here, let's go check it out. And then, you know, you get people asking about you, about your parties, you know, the next time, you know, when's, when's the next party you're throwing? And then, you know, it's, it's very uh, organic in that sense. Um, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty steady uh, in terms of growth, which is good. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, we'll see if, uh, if that continues, you know, like, especially now we've kind of lost momentum, um, you know, with a lot of stuff, you know, DJing obviously like completely gone. Um, parties also but and then you know you don't know what things are going to look like you know once we uh once we get out of this you don't know if uh people are going to have money to to go out uh once or if they're going to be comfortable enough to share you know to be in close proximity to other people that they don't know right so uh, i think it's gonna yeah it's gonna take a while uh, and uh yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a lot of uh, I think it's going to be chaos. I think <laughs> open that people are going to be pouring to these events. That um, is, that's true. That that's is, true. That I, is the I feel other... like people are definitely hurting for a party for sure. The, the question is, is like, 
what's the long term gonna look like you know like i feel like yeah for sure there's gonna be like a big boom right away but then how's it gonna be afterwards it's it's honestly it was really funny because right before the pandemic hit we were kind of in the in the throes of like planning a whole bunch of stuff and then obviously the pandemic came through a wrench in that so you know that saying like you want to make god laugh tell him your plans yeah i feel like it's pretty poignant with like with this type of stuff it's like when when things open up it's like we're gonna take it with the way that it that it could the way things come you know it's like we can't really have like a roadmap of what it's going to be like because we don't know what it's going to be like and is that something that you're planning on doing then when everything does open back up is looking at kind of how things go and potentially moving forward and putting on more parties because i mean that must have been pretty disheartening when you've had things in the works and you're organizing and putting in that time and effort to make things happen and then everyone well, gets shut down i mean Perfect. yes but also at the same time it's like you have to look at like what's going on in the world it's like the fact that we can't throw a party is not the be all end all you know there's people yeah. who are but also, losing their livelihoods there are people who are losing their lives it's like we'll yeah. hopefully at some point be able to come back to that you know we'll be yeah. able to like throw events and you know every every everybody's got it tough right now you know personally i was i was pretty damn happy to, <laughs> to find out that that this was happening i'm like oh yes global crisis i get to chill i don't have to think about throwing the next party i get to actually take a break right because we've been going we've been going pretty we, hard we had a, a pretty for, intense like eight to ten yeah. months before that of just like it's just, just like party after party go after party. go go yeah we yeah. did like we did like four parties in a row um yeah, leading up to, leading this, up to new year's yeah. and then we did we we're like oh we're gonna do our valentine's day party and that'll be that's gonna be it until the summer we're not doing anything else little did we know it was not just that summer it's also the next summer, <laughs> next next summer yeah and so that was the last party we threw and i was like you know what? I'm totally fine with just like not doing anything for three months. I thought like, okay, maybe, maybe we'll get to throw like one really small party in the summer, which we did, but it wasn't, it wasn't that good. You know, it's not that it wasn't good. It's just that people weren't as, um, as carefree as you would expect them to be in a party setting right it was very they were a little bit on edge standoffish like you know and so yeah i mean that was yeah we did that and then you know we we also kind of did some um we did some streams and we we recorded some some mixes and stuff like that but we also did that that like party in the park for for one of our friends birthday it wasn't a party it was more just oh, like yeah. a get and then the one with uh with uh with joel the oh yeah, yeah we yeah. also did that party which was also a nightmare but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it's definitely i mean it's, it's gonna take some getting used to it's definitely gonna take some adjusting once like things kind of like start going back to the way they were um i don't know i'm i've, I've been looking for a lot of music in the meantime still and i feel like I don't know. I'd love, I'd love to play it for other people. You know, I'd love to play it for them on a dance floor. I'd love to have the opportunity to do that as opposed to, you know, just playing it on the airwaves and then not really knowing the type of reaction that it gets, which is, I mean, it's just like a different way of doing it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, again, it was, it was a privilege to do it before. It would be lovely to do it again. Yeah. You know, I think for me, it's, you know, until I get some sort of, like, I'm not thinking about it at all right now. I'm not, I'm just like, okay, like, you know, if I start to get a hint 
that things are kind of going back to normal, you know, or we're going to have like an opportunity to do something here, then maybe those feelings and thoughts of, of like having a party, throwing a party somewhere are going to start to come back and you're going to be like, Oh shit. Nah, now nah, I've got the itch. I got to fucking do this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm more of a masochist and like to go through the roller coasters of like, Hey, maybe it's going to happen next. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, you know, maybe it's going to, no, it's not, you know? Yeah. And then, and then when, when you get the itch, you're like, Oh fuck. Uh, maybe we should open a club. Um, maybe, maybe we'll throw a bowl party or yeah, maybe, I mean, you know what I mean? You're just like, uh, you're just going through yeah. all these emotions and, 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 you know, you, you get back into it. I think, yeah, I think it's just going to happen very naturally. Uh, not something that, yeah, I'm trying to like force on myself right now. Yeah, I've definitely been there. I'm Don't worry. The, the, we're not, we're not going out to pasture, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be around, I think for the next little while, hopefully. Good. Well, I'll definitely need to make my way out to Toronto and things open up then as soon as you get something going on. Uh, let me know, give me a shout and I'll be out there. I'll be dancing. Absolutely, man. Would, would, sure. love to, would love to meet you in person and love to have you here and love to have you over for a party for sure. Yeah, yeah you- sure. And hopefully we can go both ways as well because like uh, my whole goal with this was just something like right now I went through all those emotions when everyone was open, I was like, I should start throwing parties. I should buy a club. I should do this. I should do But then I just never had time to do it. And now that everything's kind of slowed down a little bit, I just felt like this was probably the right way to step into things and to kind of put a little bit of a spotlight on, on the scene that's happening in Canada and bring it to the prairies, bring it to Regina and let everyone know kind of what's happening. So uh, eventually when things do open back up, I'm going to be hoping to bring some people in. We can get you guys in the studio here. I've got the full studio set up and uh, we'll be able to talk to you guys in person, maybe even get you guys out here and throw some events or something out here and we can, I'll come out there. You guys can come here and we'll, we'll make something happen, you know? Now well, we we've been meaning to make that cross country, Canada cross Canada tour or sorry not yeah tour, just uh, the drive just the drive yeah that'd be BC really really awesome and see a whole lot of nothing on the way well it's a whole lot of beautiful man that's, really that's what you think yeah man wow it's, everybody it, I've spoken to is like this is the worst thing in the world yeah I don't know but <laughs> I I I went on a road trip up to like Thunder Bay once which is like yeah what is that that's like two days of driving. Yeah, it's like 20 hours or something from Toronto, and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. They say like Northern Ontario has got nothing going on. It's it's absolutely breathtaking. And then obviously there's like, I mean the prairies. Obviously it's like it's pretty, it's pretty flat. You know, it's yeah. it's it's farmland, right? But then afterwards, once you get into Alberta and you go through the mountains, it's very right, beautiful right, again. Right, right. NBC is beautiful as well. That's that's the the jewel that is Canada. You know, every 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 immigrant is drawn to this. Smoke. Huh? And not the one. Not the smoke. one you smoke. Not that kind of jewel. It's a different <laughs> type of jewel. But that's the ultimate immigrant story. Is that every everybody who's visiting Canada, either as an immigrant or even just as a tourist, is like, you know what I've heard about Canada? It's very beautiful there. It's you know, there's nature. It's it's everything. It's very beautiful, Canada. Yeah, but I mean, that was even me when I moved here. It was like I've, everybody was telling me, oh, it's beautiful out there, and I came here and I moved to Regina, and there's, there's everything's flat, and I'm like. Uh, well, what is it that's beautiful? What is there to look at? But then uh, in the winter, I went out snowboarding out in the mountains and stuff like that. And the drive out there is just crazy. Once you yeah. hit those mountains, it's, it's something else. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. And it's it's cool, man, because after that, you just go and you have the ocean on the other side. You have rainforest. It's pretty nuts. It'll be something that we, we definitely want to go see. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll definitely make it happen uh, at some point down the line. Uh, if you guys do decide to do that, we'll get you here in Regina and I'm sure we'll put on something that's fun for the people here. I mean, I'm, I maybe have to maybe have to sort some more things out and get you guys to come out here. Maybe something to attract you out here. Maybe we'll get Arsenal playing out here or something like that. Uh, yeah, the exhibition match against, against the Rough Riders or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the football team? Yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, it's both That'd football at the end of the day. It is, it is yeah. football, man. They're both <laughs> wearing cleats. A you know, little bit of confusion, but I think it'll work out. Yeah, it'll work out. <laughs> Uh, the way Arsenal are playing this season or the start of this season, they weren't much oh, better man. than this is catching rough ladies to me. Don't even don't even mention it. I'm like it's funny, one of my best friends is an Arsenal fan and he loves to run his mouth. So yeah, of I, take, I take pride in it. But no, yeah. it's it's all fun and games at the end of the day. As long as Rangers are winning, that's all that matters. Exactly. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I think we're we're coming up on the hour here, so I'm just going to kind of wrap up a wee bit and ask you guys a couple of quick fire questions, if you don't mind. That's, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get done through these. So the first thing uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, you can both give me an answer here. Uh, favorite track all time? Whoa, man. That's wow. the worst question ever. That's the worst I know. question. Uh, that's my question. Give, give me another hour to answer that. Yeah, man. I got to I gotta dig. First one that comes in your head then. First one that comes in my head. Uh, there's this one song that uh, I think will forever uh, remain entrenched in my head just because of like how I heard it as well and like the timing that it was. It's uh, When You Touch Me by Tana Gardner. Um, it's it's an old like, like disco song from like the late 70s. I want to say early 80s. It's on West End, uh, West End Records. Sorry, man. Yeah, on <laughs> it's that. it's on Western gotta, Records. Gotta, that's I a remember what the name of this one was. That's uh, probably the one that uh, it, it evokes a lot of uh, a lot of crazy memories. It just makes you want to like dance in a few. It, it's the type of song that makes you want to leave the decks and just go in front of the speakers and just dance. You know. And Alex, you got an answer. And I, I don't. I, I really, I really don't know. I there was this. Was it called Two Rounds or something? Which one? Ah, it's like a really old house tune. It's like super emotive. Oh man. I if you give me a second, I can look for it. If not, I'm just gonna name something else for the heck of it. Go for it. Go for it. Have a quick uh, look there. We'll, we'll come back to that one at the end if you want to have a look. Yeah, exactly. We'll come back to yeah, it. Yeah, let's call it, let's come back to that one. I, I, I feel like that was one that you put us on the spot yeah, for. Man, that 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 yeah. That's why I asked it. It's always every you see the uh, panic in people's faces. It's a curveball, like, oh. yeah. Like I have such a bad memory when it comes to when it comes to music. Like, you know, I could have loved the song maybe like a year or two ago. It's like you throw it at me. Oh man, I'm not gonna remember. Like, you're gonna you're gonna try and you're gonna try and sing the lyrics to me, and I'm gonna be like, oh okay, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But any anytime you give me a name or an artist, I'm like spacing out. Hardcore. Yeah, it's it's um, it's tough like that. You're just trying to retain like like crazy amounts of information and then sometimes things just get uh get kind of lost in the process but um but yeah what else uh what else do you have in the line of the rapid fire questions the next one we got uh if you could play any country in the world what one would it be oh any country um uh 
So, Any country, uh, I would say, fuck Georgia. <laughs> you want to play in Georgia, yeah? Because you you love the Georgia, you love to Tbilisi. Georgia, yeah. the did you say Tulum scene? Oh, Tbilisi. No. Oh, so I'm like, what the fuck? See, uh, he has no faith in me sometimes. No, uh, <laughs> never. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, uh, I think Georgia's up there for sure. They've got like they've got some crazy like you know crazy shit happening there, um, but other than that, you know what's funny is I actually I'm I'm in touch with some random like promoter slash DJ from Georgia. His name is uh, I can't remember. It's like Levy or something like that. But he's he's booked like some crazy acts. I think he booked like Theo Parrish yeah. or something like that in Tbilisi. So it's actually not even that far fetched. Like. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff going on I would, there. I would love to play in London, maybe. London would be cool just because, like, man, there's it's it's just like a, a mecca for that. There's just so much going yeah. on. But I I think back to that uh that party that we stumbled upon that you stumbled upon in Naples when oh, we were there. Right. We were we were yes. in Naples and uh, we the first night we walked down to like uh, to the coastline, uh, and I saw the hotel that was in uh, that was in the Sopranos, the Excelsior. So. We were just hanging out there, and then uh, we kind of split up. I remember you were, you were with your partner with Sandra at the time, and then I was with a couple of our buddies, and uh, you called us, and you're like, yo, we're at this party. And I'm like, what do you mean you're at this party? What, which party are you at? They're like, yo, it's just like on the water here. And I'm like, how is it on the water, man? We were just there an hour yeah, ago. Like, I didn't we, see uh, anything. We just heard some music, and we're like, uh, let's follow this. Let's, and it, let's see where it goes. And we just ended up on this pier. Yeah. There's a bunch of Italians just, like, going crazy there playing disco um i don't know where the fucking power was coming from because they were just like there's no generator in sight like where are the where are these cables i don't know yeah it was it was this was weird kind of like power. pure it was like a jutting out of like like a man-made kind playing. of like concrete island it was maybe at its like widest like maybe 12 meters wide yeah. so it was imagine like you're having a party kind of like in a corridor and then like people are sit sitting on the side, kind of like smoking. There are some rocks there. It, it, and it was just like at night, the moon was out. Nobody was giving a shit. Everyone was dancing. The music was loud. Nobody was complaining. And it was just like, it was just like so serendipitous that we stumbled upon that because it was exactly kind of like what we wanted. The universe just like gave it to us. And they were playing records. And they were playing records too. It was just like, damn. Like this, if we could do something like this, yeah, this would be fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah. I just realized I said Georgia instead of Tbilisi, and he asked me what city. <laughs> I'm okay. like, yeah, that's okay, whatever, it's uh, all good. That's fine. I know that's that's sick. That's that's the beauty of Europe too. There's just so much going on that you never know what the hell you're gonna run into, right? You could end up end up on a madness one night and just stumble across something. Yeah, and. Honestly, it was we got super lucky with finding that, and it it was a definitely like sure. a, a highlight of that trip because it sure. was really hard to find stuff happening in Naples. And oddly enough, um, it was hard to kind of find stuff that was going later, right? If things were if things were ending like pretty early around like two in the morning, maybe yeah. Um, but they had this like crazy thing on like what is this? Just like every weekend, Friday, Saturday. I think it was people, once a month. People just roam the streets, and it's just like there's just like ants like everywhere, and and they're like out till like five a.m. just drinking in the courtyards of, of the neighborhoods. Like it's just like a huge street party, um, and it's like a tradition of theirs, uh, which is really really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe I need to go to Naples now and see if I can. 
been some. Oh, dude, it's, it's it's a it's a crazy course. Yeah, some hash. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's lots, <laughs> lots of hash. Of hash lots of hash. Priorities. Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, the last, oh, I guess, the second last question I wanted to ask you was, if you could share the booth with any artist, which artist would it be? You've got a lot of choices here. Uh, it's, it, it can't just be one, man. Like this. Yeah, that's that's no a way. Hey, give me three. Yeah. Give me three, then. Give you three, three each, yeah. or three together. Whichever. Each. If you have three each, we'll take three each. If you want to go okay. three together, we can um, do. That I would say. Uh, I would say Theo Parrish. And I would say Theo Parrish. Uh, Lauren Hampson and Alexander for me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Mr. Scruff for one of them. I'm going to say uh, uh, oh man, this is so much harder than I thought. I'm going to say Moody Man for a yeah. second one because Moody Man is phenomenal. He is, yeah, he's a hero. He's, he's ledge. Um, let me think. Who else? Who else? Can I, can I add one more? I need to add one more. Uh, the late Andrew Weatherhall, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Andrew Weatherhall will be, will be sure. phenomenal. That's, yeah. That's just also. Yeah. And, um, hey, who was I going to say? Um, honestly, uh comma comma from uh from rush hour i i really like the the energy and the style that uh her, she she brings and even masalo as well although like i they do have a lot of sets together even their stuff like when they're playing by themselves is like super super good i uh yeah also um yeah just i could I, that's the thing i just we could just yeah, rattle off like yeah. a thousand names Sure. Yeah, I think I think you found your song though. You want to tell him your song? Oh yeah, it was um New Day by Two Rounds. Round two. Round two. <laughs> Round two there New Day. Yeah, there you go. That Perfect. One. And the last question I wanted to ask you is if you had any advice for your younger selves, what would it be? Oh. When you first started out DJing, what, what advice would you give yourselves? Don't do crack. <laughs> don't do crack uh, hey, that, never do crack that, that, <laughs> um sound sound or do crack do crack that's do, do crack yeah uh, uh three day know. parties huh. that's a really good question <laughs> um i feel like there was a bit of naivety to both of us in the very beginning you know we were kind of like a little bit a little bit shy in a lot of respects and we didn't i don't know i don't think that we had enough kind of like uh self-belief that i think we've we've kind of uh managed to cultivate by like doing all these things which frankly again these are all things that you don't know that you can do until you eventually do them and you're like wow right yeah. so i think that 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 would be definitely something i would tell myself what would you tell your younger I, self i think seriously yeah i would you know say don't get discouraged if you have like nothing to show for for your efforts yeah you know, that's, just that's kind definitely of, a big one you know because um, uh, that definitely happened a lot to us you know when we yeah. were, were it, there was i think there was a period in time where i was just like 
what am I doing? You know, like why I have, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, approaching my like thirties right now. And I, I don't really have anything like concrete to show for everything that I've done. Um, or yeah, all the effort that I've put into DJing. Uh, and then, you know, shortly after that, things just took off and it was just, it was weird how that happened. So yeah, I would definitely just tell myself, um, you know, to keep on going and, uh, and not get discouraged. Yeah. And definitely, um, there's no substitute for work legitimately there's absolutely nothing that you can substitute for that practice as much as you can dig as much as you can and always do what you're doing for the right reasons yeah exactly and yeah make sure make sure you're doing it with a smile because you know it's don't don't try and be a dj because you're looking for status you know don't try and be a dj because you're trying to be famous um you know be a dj because you know the music you know you you want to because you get free drinks. Because you get fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. No, I'm kidding. I'm do kidding. it for free drinks. Yeah. No, and, don't and do comps, it for free drinks. And comps yeah. to, to really to really shitty parties. <laughs> um do it for yeah, do it for that. Um but no, yeah, seriously. But no, definitely, definitely for the love for the enjoyment. And, yeah. um, and do it because you wanna you wanna spread the gospel, like I said earlier. Um do it because you're trying to, you know, show people what this culture is about. Um to, and to help it grow and become, you know, a force. Yeah. Well, that's some great advice. And I mean, you guys are a testament to that. He's, you guys embody everything that the electronic music's about. He's a fun, you don't take yourselves too seriously, and he's really loved the craft. So, I mean, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down and speak to me. And, uh, Absolutely. Thank you for having us, of course. Sorry I had to duck out to we for, for a quick moment there. Oh, no, it's that's fine. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on here, and I really appreciate you making the time for me. And I'm sure when the time comes, I'll come out, in Tor- I'll come out to Toronto and uh, we'll party together, and hopefully we'll get you out in Regina here if we if you do ever uh, make that trip uh, cross-country. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. He's a, he's a fantastic guy, and... Uh, yeah, hopefully it's hopefully soon everything will open up and we'll be able to make these things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully sure, that's uh, that's going to be sooner rather than later. We have a chance to meet face to face and hang out, drink a few Peronis. I don't know, whatever, whatever the move <laughs> seems to be. Right? Uh, go, I'll drink it. It's going. Go huh? shop. Go I'll, shop for some sneakers. Shop for some sneakers. You know, drink drink some Peronis on a patio. Hey, now you're talking my language. I'm up for there it. Go. Yeah. it is going. Buy some hash from a strange guy under a bridge. Yes, absolutely. You can do yeah. that as well. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, guys. He's an absolute yeah, legend. Always. And uh, hopefully Arsenal look a little bit better next season, eh? Oh, that, that, <laughs> look, man, let me just tell you. Arteta, he came out and he's like, my team's going to bang in the next couple of weeks, you know? So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I'm I have I have I faith in him. He's a good Rangers man, Arteta. He used to play for us, so I have a, a little bit of faith. That's <laughs> hilarious. I totally forgot about that. But yeah. Was I, that before Everton? Yeah, 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 yeah. Staying blue all the way, man. Holy wow. shit. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's got some big He's got some big plans. I think he's going to look to poach uh, Anson Eduard from Celtic. Not, I don't know if you 
if you know, you probably know about him. That's but... okay. He's weakening your rivals, man. Yeah, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's good news for you. I think, yeah, I think Arsenal's going to come out. I mean, I, I thought that was going to happen this year, so. Uh, I, I, that's that's the next program. It's the football punditry. This is still the music interview, Alex. Oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> hey, we can do football punditry anytime. Turn, anytime. Turn the, Absolutely. Turn the, turn the camera off. Uh, well, turn, <laughs> stop recording. But yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thank you so much thank for having you, us man. again. Yeah, dude. Appreciate it. Honestly, super refreshing and like very, very happy with like uh, with what you're trying to do out there. Honestly, wish you the best of luck. Yes. Um, sure. Happy to be a part of it. Hope you enjoyed the mix. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed the mix. And we, uh, we enjoyed making it. We, yeah, it was great. Yeah, was honestly, great. I, yeah, we, we it, it's, it's a good mix of, of, of some like, you know, melodic stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, kinda, it's very moody. It's moody, you know. It's and moody house music. Yeah. It'll it'll definitely get people, uh, you know, looking to explore, perhaps. I think. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, it, it showcases exactly how creative you are and how everything doesn't need to be off the the top hundred on Beatport. And uh, now it was it's phenomenal. So I'm sure there will be a lot of people heading your way to check out what you guys are doing in the future. And I know you are going to crush it. So just. Uh, just remember me when you start. Hopefully, I say hopefully, hopefully. I, we definitely will. Just uh, anyone who's listening, please. Uh, SoundCloud, Instagram, and OnlyFans. Definitely OnlyFans. Lots of pictures, lots of pantless pictures. S- send all of the tokens or flowers <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever we only accept like. Bitcoin. <laughs> um, yeah, Bitcoin for sex. Um, but uh, yeah, Again, man, any way we can help you out in the future as well, don't hesitate to reach out. We're yeah. here. Yeah, We're... and uh, make your way over here, man. Well, yeah. uh, we, we've, we've, we've clearly already got plans, you know? Definitely. Well, I'm, I'm just going to sign off here and uh, good. get everything, everything closed up. Thank you for joining me again. It was, it was brilliant, man. I think that's going to be a banger for sure. Yeah, okay. Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Righty. Cool. Well, I'm just going to boost here. I'm going to finish up doing this. Uh, I hope you okay. have a good night. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to this week's podcast where we were joined by Immigrant Muscle. If you haven't already, check those guys out on Instagram and on SoundCloud. We also have the mix featuring Immigrant Muscle that was posted on Friday, so go and give that a listen. And if you missed last week's, make sure to go back and have a listen to the one that we done with Nathan Zahn along with the podcast that was put out last Sunday. Uh, a big shout out to the guys over at Pale Studio for providing me with the sick clothes that I've been wearing in the last two episodes. Uh, if you are interested in purchasing any of their stuff, make sure to check those guys out on Instagram and online at palestudios.ca. Also, to keep up to date with everything that we've got going on here at Wavelength Radio and with the A Little House in the Prairies podcast, make sure to follow us on Instagram at wavelength.radio and to follow us on SoundCloud and YouTube. If you just want to subscribe and hit that like button, that would be brilliant. Uh, I appreciate all the support everyone's showed me so far, and hopefully it just keeps going from here. So thank you to everyone, and God bless.